Hello and welcome to uh, yet another of the Meet the DMs uh, sessions. Uh, in this this week, you're really lucky because you have Sarah and me. Uh, so that should just be <laughs> a an horrible hour, combination. An hour of us just yelling at each other. It's like you, you've got Amber and Jess, and then me and Christian. And yep. It's just chaos. And those are going to be the those are going to be the combos. And so mine went very well with Jess. It'll be up. Uh, we're doing this actually the Friday. We're recording this on Friday before that will go up. So I'm mostly interested to see what everybody thinks of that one. I thought it went well. But uh, Jess oh, yeah. and I drank. Jess is like yeah. Jess is a sweetheart. Like Jess is the best of all of us. We say that she is. I say that all the time, and I mean it. Yeah, and I'm the worst, and I mean that too. Uh, so. <laughs> the but worst depends on the day. True, but it's not about me today. It's about Sarah. Oh God! And I have the privilege of interviewing Sarah, which <laughs> I'm excited about because, as we've talked about in some of these already, uh, you know. As a group, we've been playing together now for a, a little more than a year, about a year and a couple months, uh, streaming for, I think, six months, uh, uh, you know, yeah, something like right that, because it was, it was August was our first stream, and it's it's April as we do this, so it was, I think it's about six months, but I don't, I don't want to do the math. Yeah, uh, I don't want to do math. Oh, uh, that's seven. Seven months. So they, so we've been streaming for seven, we've been playing together for like a year and three months or something like that. Uh, but prior to that, some of us really didn't really know each other that well. Um, which again, for me, I think reflects, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be proud of ourselves and talk about how great we are. Uh, I think we have really good chemistry as a group for a group that's been playing for such a short period of time, relatively compared to yeah. other groups that you see streaming, um, and it works out really well. But we realized that we never really took a chance for our audience to get to know us. We're more as people, kind of behind the screen uh, or behind the player sheet, uh, and we're also there are a lot of us that don't really know each other that well. Uh, for instance, when Jess interviewed me, like that was really the first time Jess and I ever hung out, just the two of us. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is the first time you and I have ever really talked, just the two of us. Uh, maybe like in, we were doing some other stuff, but never, yeah. was never we never had one-on-one time. So background for Sarah and I, uh, we had been playing for a year prior to DMs After Dark. Uh, so it was really an amalgamation of some different groups, but I, I got involved in a Pathfinder game that Sarah was running at the library uh, about a year prior. Uh, to that, and then that led to uh, being sucked into her wonderful friend group, and, which is I'm happy about, uh, and yeah, a bunch of other like, games. Yeah, some Call of Cthulhu like, games, some superhero games, a five E game that's going on right now. And a fishing hook and drag yeah, you under. Drag me, funny. drag me right in, and it wasn't hard. So I've known you for a year prior to that, yeah. but again, it was it was a strange year because it was we played for about three months, and then promptly the world shut down. So and then there was a pandemic. Yeah. yeah, everybody, everybody became just a face on a screen, more or less, uh, which I think in some instances accelerated friendships, but in other instances, like kind of like also you get to know the person better, but you're not actually spending time with them because it's like all of a sudden you're like downstairs in your basement and like your pajamas hanging out with them. So there's that, you know, they become someone who's in your house kind of psychologically at least to a point, but, uh, but you're also not seeing I guess them. my friends <laughs> in this box here. Right. Like- my friends in the box on the screen. Right. But so let's learn more about you, Sarah. Um, I'm looking <laughs> okay. forward to it. And we have some questions we're going through. We're going to just go and, and, you know, go and take the conversation where it goes. But I know for a fact that I want to start with this because I know you have a really great story about how you were introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. And those are actually the first two questions we've all as a group kind of come up with, which is who introduced you? What game was it? And the second part of that was what was your character? Those two go very, very good hand in hand. But I know you have a great story about this. So why don't you tell us? <laughs> 
So, so you, you did say it. Um, so my, my first uh, RPG experience was Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it was Dungeons and Dragons first edition, uh, like the basic box that we're talking about. Um, and I was, so I was introduced to that by my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was, so cool. it's first off, the bragging rights I have right there Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but so he was a uh, before he retired he was a high school teacher he taught French and he had a couple of students come up to him one year and we're like hey we want to start a D&D club it had like just come out they're like we want to start a D&D club like we but we need a teacher and so he was really chill he was like yeah sure whatever I'll hang out and then he ended up being part of like running and being part of that group for three years and so he got really into it um, but then, you know, they graduated, and no one else picked it up. So we never really had time to explore it more uh, until I started showing interest in nerdy shit around the time I was, you know, in middle school. So he was like, hey, why don't we try this? And I was like, absolutely. So we sat down at a table. It was me, him, my aunt and my uncle. And we just sat down at the kitchen table and my... <laughs> my character for folks who know first edition i lovingly refer to her as my elf elf because in first edition elf was your race yeah. in your class you're basically yep. a, a maid with yeah you're like a fight fighter. fighter mage yeah because you, yeah. you get you got some spells but i think not at first level i don't think if i remember right you did oh you did oh sweet. oh you did you did because i remember having some uh the only spell i remember having was charm person oh yeah uh, Char- super powerful the Back only then, one I yeah. remember. Those but. are the two spells I remember from that edition. Sleep and Charm Person were like mm. so overpowered. Back then, sleep, sleep just ended fights. <laughs> just, just fucking boom. No, so, so she was an elf. Elf. Her name was Alora. Uh, she was very generic high elf, like six foot tall, long blonde hair, purple white robes. Like I remember her. I still have her character sheet somewhere. So that's something I actually really like about you is your nostalgia with character sheets. <laughs> and and, and characters so you played, yeah. I, I really and I've come to know that I've seen your character that you played when you when you got fully back in, and I think this is probably a good segue. So then, if I understand correctly, you've told me, but take us through the story that there was like a gap of time when you weren't playing necessarily as many games or any games, uh, and then you got back into it. I think in college, is that right? Yes. So we yeah. we played for like a summer, and then I got back into school, and things got chaotic, and we haven't really got a chance to pick it back up. Um, so I didn't get back into RPGs until my freshman year of undergrad. Um, I had made a couple friends and one of them happened to mention, uh, Pathfinder. And I was like, oh shit. Like, I remember loving RPGs. Like, that sounds really cool. Can we take a look? And so there was just a group of five of us that just all gathered in his tiny dorm room and he had a single. So it was just like all of us were squished in, uh, just pouring over these books. And so we were like, we want to play. Um, and so it was me, my college roommate, and then two friends of ours who were roommates. And then this guy is the GM. Uh, and we played that campaign last year for the entirety of our freshman year, only stopped because two people left the school. <laughs> Mm. and that's half the group so but yeah that was a that was what got me back into it and what's made me like love it ever since and, and try and play it consistently that was that was rise of the root lords right it was yes which is the right. campaign we're playing now yep. yep which is why i'm running it because i i played through it um we we ran through about the first three chapters of rise of the root lords in that year uh which is everything you guys have done in the group mm-hmm. i'm running so far um 
and it was like we played religiously like every friday for like five hours a night like we it's so cool yeah we were 18 year olds nothing uh, else with, to do with nothing to lose we would all go to cumbies earlier like we'd walk because i went to school in the middle of nowhere like our college town was a couple streets uh a cumberland farms and a mcdonald's which was like perfect for college kids uh so we would all go down to the cumbies get all our junk food go back to the dorm <laughs> And we found like a table in a basement that we just used. We were there like till two in the morning sometimes. That's awesome. And so recently you actually, if you want to share the story, I think it's, I personally <laughs> think it's a great story in that you tied in, you actually tied in your character and some of those characters from that first campaign into the one that we were playing. And, and why don't you tell that story? Cause that's a really cool story. <laughs> yes. So when I first played Pathfinder, when I played, um, I really knew nothing about it. So I was looking through the book and I saw the Druid class. And if uh, any of you are familiar with Pathfinder, you'll know the Pathfinder has iconic characters for every class, which is just like an example. Um, and the Druid was a gnome called Linny and she had a giant snow leopard as a pet. And I, I basically, I looked at my DM, I pointed to her and I said, I want to be her how can I be her? And that was how it started. Um, but in the campaign, you know, that I've been running, we had a session very early on. Um, I think we, we were still in person at this point. So <laughs> yeah, was, I, I think we were like first or second, might have even not even been second level yet. I don't think uh, you might have been. I don't remember. I, I remember. I remember casting Goodberry, and it like saved the party's life because we got our, our butts kicked by Pseudo in the in yes. the, the basement. So uh, if anyone, any, if anyone knows Rise of the Rude Lords, this is very early on in the Glassworks and Sandpoint. Yeah. So this is where this happened. Basically, one of our players couldn't make it to a session, and it was a boss fight session. So I was like, oh, I, I let me let me finagle something just in case shit goes down. Um, and so I. <laughs> I had him get possessed, uh, which was hilarious because his character has a fear of ghosts. Uh, and I basically, yeah. they, they then took him to the to the local priest and was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, there's a ghost there. Um, they're not angry. They're just scared. And so the party has for two and a half IRL years been carrying this ghost around in a little orb. They've been calling it Filbert. Yep. Um, but what I have been doing throughout the story is a, at certain points, at certain fights, someone would get a flash of something that wasn't there uh, or the a feeling of something. And, and my best friend's character, who's been the one that was carrying around the little orb of Filbert, uh, would every now and again just get like, emotional pulses in the back of her mind that she recognized as being from Filbert. Um, but basically what I was secretly doing over these two years is Filbert uh, was my old character, Linny, who had nope. gotten brutally killed uh, during the game. And the other things that the others saw were other characters from when I played that got killed at certain points. Um, so for those of you that know Rise of the Rune Lords, uh, the first big boss fight in New Alia, um, Dragami, the snow my snow leopard, got killed in that fight. Uh, I, as a person, was <laughs> so inconsolable. Uh, I went up to my dorm room and bought a snow leopard flesh immediately yep. after session. You still have <laughs> it, right? Because I, 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 I think I remember seeing it. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm a big wimp. 
but they saw kind of the ghost of that. And then when they killed Nualia, like the, the character Sparrow, she felt like this huge relief coming from Philbert because it's like, oh my God, the ghost of my best friend can pass on is basically what happened. And then when they went further and fought uh, Foxglove, uh, they saw another character saw a glimpse of a elven woman murdered uh, and whose spirit could move on. That was my old roommate's first character, Kalina. She played an elven rogue and she got killed by him and then made a different character after. Uh, so I've just been <laughs> stringing this thread along because I knew I wanted to, you know, reincorporate Liddy because it would be like really good. It would be fun for me because uh, I like, uh, you know, getting to see her again. Uh, but I was also like, oh, I could just like thread other things through with the other characters that died. So <laughs> Yeah, and it became this. Go ahead. No, just getting to finally re- yeah. like I revealed this. Two days ago. Mm-hmm. as of this recording so finally getting to drop that is so cool yeah and, and it was a really cool subplot that kind of threaded throughout the whole rise of the rune lords and it, that, that we've played so far and it really added to it so that was cool that was very cool so now rise of the rune lords if i understand is that's your first real time dming is is that correct yes yep okay. i i had done like i did one shots before um, but this is my first ever campaign I've run, which is why I picked Rise, because I've played through half of it. Yeah, so it's familiarity. So I guess, you know, I'll, I'll ask this question, and maybe, I mean, you should answer, because I know you begin designing some of your own stuff. I know we're going off the path a little bit going forward in Rune Lords, uh, but what, what do you remember as your first idea for an adventure that you made on your own? I made on my own? Oh, shit. Mm. That was a hard question for me to answer, actually, too. Because my first effort sucked, but uh... I, I actually so I don't think I ever completely improved or came from scratch with a game until stuff I've done during Rune Lords. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first one shot I ran was back in in undergrad um for um for our the the guy that was our dm that time for his birthday i ran a one shot so he could play for once Mm -hmm. um but i i don't think i've actually done any or no that's a lie that's a false lie and i just (laughs) remembered what it was so uh, in my home group, uh, one of the things we commonly do is give our DM the holiday season off because he works in retail. <laughs> and he just suffers for a month and a half and we're very sorry. Um, so a couple of us, me and then another friend of ours had decided, oh, we're, we'll DM some sessions. And I, I can't believe I forgot this. I did a one shot where... Um, these various characters were called and summoned to this place um, by this centaur woman. And she was like, you know, my mistress is having nightmares. I know where they're coming from, but I can't deal with it on my own. And so they went through this, this, this dungeon and then fend off, fended off these like nightmare monsters. Um, I remember having one of my favorite parts of it was there was a, I did a floor puzzle. Uh, oh, cool. And... <laughs> They started to quickly realize it was just a Minesweeper map. <laughs> the whole floor <laughs> puzzle was them playing Minesweeper. <laughs> and they had a lot of fun with that. I was very proud of it. 
those are the best sorts of puzzles, actually, because it's like, you know, they, they don't once you get it, like once you understand, like, oh, it's just Minesweeper or it's just this or it's just that. Not only is it, there's a funny like kind of meta joke there for everyone that's at the table, but then you also like enables them to get that get the puzzle quickly, you know, if they're familiar with it, which is good because nothing's worse than a puzzle that people just can't understand. And you're oh, just yeah. Sitting no, there and like, I, oh, God. I'm always so nervous when I run puzzles because I'm like, this might make sense to me. This might make no sense to anyone else. So that's why I stole Minesweeper. I literally Googled Minesweeper maps and just picked one, doodled it on a piece of paper. Uh, and so as soon as they realized that, they were like, oh my God, this is great. I was like, yes, I've won. I did something. Um, and they, they fought the nightmare monsters. And those were fun because they kept uh, duplicating each other themselves. Oh, cool. um, they got smaller each time, but they kept duplicating, which was just fun to fuck with people. Um, but then when they were um, when they were done, the centaur was like, the mistress wants to thank you. And so she walks them out the front door of the mansion they're in, and then they realize they are the size of toys, and they were in a dollhouse this whole time. <laughs> oh, wow. And the room around them is, is huge and massive, and the person that they were uh, killing the nightmare creatures for was a five-year-old version of my character from our main game so I essentially wrapped all these characters up in my character's backstory from when she was a little kid that's awesome Uh, and (laughs) they actually um the the centaur was was like uh, as soon as they stepped into the room they're like oh my god wait she is an action figure essentially and she became um a a little NPC in the main game, so my character can cast find familiar and summon her as just like oh cute 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 yeah so yeah so that so that oh I just hit my table um you you uh you that was your first time ever DMing them when you did that one shot the my first time DMing was the the one I did back in underground but that was the so, first time I created an adventure that's cool that's cool so talk about your first experiences DMing. Because this is something that you know a lot of people are very nervous to take the jump, and even when people do take the jump, sometimes it's you know they find it's not for them or they don't like it very much. Uh, and, and personally, I know I, I said in my own interview I I didn't like it when I first started DMing at all, uh, and it was a struggle and it took me a long time to learn how to do things correctly, uh, and there was a lot of self doubt you know, been doing it um, until I had a couple of breakthrough moments. So I don't know. Why don't you tell us, I don't know if your experience has been similar or not, but why don't you tell us what your experience was like when you started? Yeah. So I, I, so unfortunately I don't remember much about that first one I ran. I remember I was terrified because it's Pathfinder and Pathfinder mm. is a lot yeah, of you picked like player. You picked like the hardest game to start with too. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's just how it happened. That's what the chips fell in underground. Yep. I was just like, sure, this is fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so I don't remember much of that. I remember it being intimidating. Um, but I do remember people enjoying it. So like, that's what matters at the end. Um, I've fudged a lot, probably. I tend to do that as a DM, but eh, um, it's fine. Most of my actual DM experience has come from um, my job. So I, I'm, uh, for those of you that might not know, I'm a librarian. Um, I work with Amber and she kind of spearheaded the RPG program at our library. And so I've been helping out a bunch with that pretty much since I started. Um, so every month we do a one shot and I ended up 
So going from helping out with them to being the person that runs them now. So it's like once a month, I'm, I'm dealing with a, a random group of, of patrons. Um, it's mostly the same folks at this point, mm. but it's still a lot at first. And just dragging them through a, 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 a it was all like D&D 5th edition, dragging them through those adventures. Um, and it's, I think I have different opinions and experiences DMing one shots versus DMing the campaign. It's very different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I enjoy the campaign a million times more. Honestly, it's, it is a lot more work overall, but once you start to get comfortable with your group, not even, not even, I wouldn't even say you have to be 100% comfortable with the system because it's path, you know, for me, it's Pathfinder. I don't know all the rules. I Google a lot and that's I, fine. I, I don't, oh, I don't know. I'm playing a druid in Pathfinder too uh, in, the, in that campaign. And I, I think I explained this to you. Like, I have no idea at all how the, how the, like the, the shape change, druid shape change, wild shape ability works in Pathfinder. I don't even attempt to like, to understand it. I just go with what the fifth edition is because it's just too yep. hard and it doesn't matter. It, Yes. And that's the thing is that I am very fortunate in that this group is very like loosey goosey with some of the rules uh, and that you guys let me be like, hey, this rule is bullshit. I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist. Looking at you, armor, spell, chance, failure. Oh, yeah. Bullshit. I that is my soapbox. It's the worst rule in Pathfinder. I will never use it. That's a rule that's been around forever because, you know, and I've always I remember it from like the like the elf elf and dwarf dwarf days of D and D. And I really think it was simply because they, they had a broken game. If you had like an elf wearing plate mail and it's like, yeah. Oh, well, you know, now you can cast spells and be hard to hit. That's not fair. And they were, they were concerned with game balance, but they didn't understand, I think how to properly balance games. So they came up with that bullshit and, you know, and some slapped on some stupid rule about like, Oh, the armor interferes with like the magic currents or whatever. Shut it's up. just like, no, this makes doesn't. no sense whatsoever. Cause why would a cleric be able to wear armor then? And exactly. So yeah, it was always been, I've never used that rule ever. In any yeah, no, it's bullshit. Yeah. I, I will say I'm a fan of five E's just blanket armor proficiency. If you're proficient in it, you can cast yep. spells and it done. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, that's fine. Yeah, it makes more sense that you, oh, you don't know how to wear this, so you're uncomfortable in it. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, I lost my thought before my soapbox. Oh, God. Uh, We we change rules as we see fit and don't pay any attention to anything. Yeah. And that's, and that's why it's more comfortable for me as a GM because I know my group and I know that they're okay with me flubbing some stuff. They're okay <laughs> with me, you know, having to pause and Google something really quick because I don't remember the difference between charmed and fascinated or, or whatever. Uh, so I, I would say for, for people that are looking to DM a campaign, Try and get comfortable with your group first, if possible, and sit down and kind of talk about game expectations with your group. Uh, So you'll know ahead of time if you have like a rules lawyer or anything like that that might make things trickier um, or something that doesn't mesh with your style of GMing. Um, For for one-shots, just be forgiving with yourself. Mm -hmm. The players do not know if you fuck up. I mean, this is the same with campaigns, but with one shots, you you can't always prepare for your group. So just be forgiving for yourself. If you make a mistake, 
uh, it's not a mistake anymore. That jar full of hands has always been there and they've always been alive. What are you talking about? It, it, no one will, will know to question you. So yeah. don't worry about making adjustments on the fly as needed. And, and that that's kind of something I've had to learn over time is like, oh, I could just sidestep this and, and make it ABC instead of DEF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, when you start running games and as you start getting more comfortable with it, that's, you know, the first breakthrough as a DM is, is that it was for me. It was like, oh, you can, yeah. you can change things or you can, you can screw up and probably people aren't going to notice. Yes. And it, it, DMing is something that takes time to get used to. Um, I, I, I mean, similarly, I really did not want to be a DM. <laughs> uh, I really didn't. I did it from time to time because I was like, oh, I have an idea or, oh, my friends will enjoy this. I genuinely didn't really enjoy DMing until Pathfinder, until writing this game. And it took me a couple months to get there. Hmm. I actually could kind of remember when you started to get into the flow of it because, you know, and, you know, we started in a very weird time in world history too because, like I said, we played for like two months in person and then like the world ended. But uh, I can remember... <laughs> when we picked it up again, you know, over Zoom or Google Meets and, you know, we had a couple of like really just really fun sessions, which A, like confirmed for all of us, like, hey, this is, this is an okay way to play. It's still going to be the same. And B, we started to get more into the characters. Yes. You know, I always think, I always think of it, the, Calling Thunder's trip to a certain I was going to say, brothel. we're all thinking, we're thinking <laughs> the same one. Here's the thing, here's the thing. As, as chaotic as, and wild as that session was, um, it was absolutely one of the sessions that brought the characters yep. and the players yep. all together as one unit. And it's so fucking ridiculous. It was just a stupid moment when all the characters, A, all the players, we, we got comfortable with each other, I think, in that session yes. because I was the one who was kind of the outsider to the group. And, you know, Mandy just kind of put me in a situation and uh, I was like, well, all right, cool, we're going to roll with this. And, and and so, you know, I think that was the beginning of, I guess, bonding in a way, you know, and kind of yes. the characters since then, the interactions with the characters became a lot better because we started to really kind of loosen up with each other. And it, it also yeah. was really the first session where, like, you guys have fucked with each other uh, here and there before, but that was the session where it was the unanimous, oh, we can fuck with each other and we're good. Yep. Uh, because you're, you're right. It was the, I mean, the Pathfinder group is two of my best friends <laughs> who I've been playing RPGs with for over five years now. And then another one of my good friends who I've been playing RPGs with from over five years now is from my home group. And Christian was the one person that didn't know anyone. We're like, yep. fuck it, sure, hello. <laughs> and and now we've just adopted him, and now he can't leave. Yep. So I'm stuck. Yeah, you're our, out. <laughs> you're our problem now. It's right. <laughs> you're not stuck in here. Wait, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. That's how that goes, right? <laughs> so that's but great. I, yeah, it's it's it, it was it was the session where everything just kind of fell into place. And as a DM, you'll have that moment where you're just like, all right. We're good. And, and, you know, good. and the cool thing about that too was that even if when you think back about it, like from a character standpoint, the characters had only really met each other 
you know, a couple of adventures ago. So yeah. as a group, they were still really getting getting used to each other. So even, you know, we as as the people behind the characters and our characters all, like you said, everything kind of came together in a moment where everybody shared this, this, this episode or this moment where, you know, we all became like, we all gelled. Because it was just like, yeah. oh, okay, we can, you know, it's okay to go there. It's okay to say these things. It's okay to let your hair down a little bit. And it's okay. We all kind of, like, the characters themselves got to know each other a lot better. Uh, and some of them more than they wanted to. And, <laughs> and the players, too. So, again, probably some of them more than they wanted to. And now it's good chaos. And, mm-hmm. and, and Pathfinder is, I, I I look forward to it so much every week. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was a great session on Tuesday, too. So, thank you. Thank you. So, all right. So, I think that covers the next couple of questions. Let me just see what do we got on our list here. I talked a is, lot. Damn. That's fine. This is what we're here for. Um, I think we went. What's your favorite GM memory? Did we kind of cover that one, or do you want to cover? I. I it kind of has to. I think really it is that stupid <laughs> fucking problem. It was great. It was because I. It, so. I had been running from from my office in the library for a bit at that point, Uh, but for one reason or another, that session I was at home. Um, I think either we had like closed early due to a storm, or yeah, might there might have been like a sleet storm or something. Yeah, yeah, or it was you know it was it was in Pandini early Pandini. So, Uh, but that was the first night, and I, I joke about this all the time now, but that was the first night I got to just close the book and shove it aside and just got to react to the chaos that was happening. Um, but it wasn't a react in a panic way. It was my first real just like react. And then like, oh, we're the five of us are sitting here and making everything go to hell in the best way. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great session. I I know from the player standpoint, when I was like, you know, so I know we've told this story like a lot, but now everyone's going to hear it again. Hilarious. Um, so the idea was... You know, we were walking through Sandpoint and there's a, was it Pixie's Kitten? Pixie's Kitten. Yeah, it is there and it's it's a brothel. And I'm playing a very kind of sheltered, good Shawanti boy who's a druid who came. So he's a country boy and he's come to the city, basically. Yeah. And so he's kind of wide-eyed and everything. And they were walking past it on the way to one adventure because uh, he had to go down to the docks to do something. And he saw just other Shawanti outside acting as bouncers. So he was just like, oh, kind of, I'm going to go see, say hey to them. Uh, and then found out what went on in there and just and was like shocked and came back and was like, what happened? Do you know what happens in there to the rest of the group? And Sarah's best friend, Mandy's character, took that as, well, he's lonely. <laughs> he, want, he wants to go in. He's lonely. He's not like shocked. And so they conspired to, to trick him into going in and, and it worked out really well for him. Uh, and he, he met a girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> He went into a brothel and came out with a girlfriend. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, so, uh, but it was, you know, that, that whole thing was set up and I'm like, no, he's, you know, it was that moment where everyone's like, well, Christian, you don't have to do it. And I was like, well, no, you have to. I mean, it's been set up and you can't well, like, but it was you know. it wasn't just that because if you were uncomfortable, it would have been a full stop, but it of was course, of course, the, but. um, you can roll to see through this. And you went, no, I'm not no, going to roll. He wouldn't no, think of this. We're going, yeah, he would not think of this. Right. That's what I was saying. And and of course, always safety first in yeah. games. But uh, no, I wasn't uncomfortable with it, but it was more of a, well, I didn't expect how this night, this night to go this way, you know, as a player and as, and as a character. <laughs> uh, and, and so we just kind of went with it. And yeah, it was really funny. There was one that I wish we had streamed because I was 
freaking hysterical. No, I'm glad we didn't. That was it. All I could remember saying that night was, God, I'm glad I'm running this from home <laughs> and not the library. That was funny. It was good. It worked out well. No, it was great. So, all right. So what would you say? Here's here's a, here's a hard one, uh, maybe. What would you say was your biggest blunder as a GM? I don't know. I tried block those out. Uh, also, my memory sucks. Um, oh, God. I know I've fucked up a bunch, but I genuinely am... I mean, I can, I can think of stupid little things, but not like my genuinely, my memory is so awful. I could not tell you. Okay. Um, that's fine. I know. I know I fucked up, but I genuinely, I'm just like, Oh, what have I been doing for the past five years? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I find personally, like there isn't a session I don't run that I don't come out of. And later on, I'm like, Oh, could have done this or that or whatever but you know, everybody oh, has yeah. everybody you're always going to have those yeah. moments or like oh i should have done this or sort of said that or oh i wish i hadn't thought of this at the time but uh yeah that's fine that's fine you, yeah, don't, you like, can't remember I, I know one. i've done like in, in a one shot i accidentally revealed what the what the 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 the, the thing they were fighting was because i was instead of just saying like oh it's her turn i said it's the banshee's turn and they went mm. oh a banshee and i was like fuck yeah uh, yeah but but i know it's this is like random things here there i'm like Oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. All right, my problem now. Uh, and I just tried to roll with whatever happened as best I could. You know, honestly, that's that's the solve to it is you just, whatever your players do, you have to keep a straight face and act like there was what you planned on them doing all along and just roll with it. Uh, yep. Unless they really break something, you know? Yeah. And then it, you it, might have, and then you just, right. And there's nothing wrong with saying it if, if at that point, like, hey, listen, like, you went to a place I never imagined you would and I'm not prepared for it and we're going to have to like, you know, end early tonight or maybe just hang out a bit and, you know, let me let me do some work and we'll pick this up. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. All right. Let's uh, – uh, this is what I'm actually looking forward to listening to your answer on. What is a dream encounter campaign or idea you haven't been able to run yet? So what is Sarah's dream? I'm more interested in like your dream campaign, but I'll settle for, for, I'll settle for, you know, I'll settle for lesser than that. This is a dumb question. Holy shit. Doesn't have to be D&D. It could be any game, like a game you wanted to play or a campaign you think would be cool. I mean, I know there's a lot of games that I haven't played that I, I really want to. Um, gonna have to cut out a lot of me just going like, what the fuck? No, we're leaving that in. Rainy, leave this in. You can't. No, right, Rainy, don't listen to him. Because uh, <laughs> my, my, my problem is, I'll say this, is I always think of games from the player's side first because, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I don't do a ton of... I say I don't do a ton of DMing. Uh, I DM every other week. Um, but I, I guess it's not like DMing isn't my primary mm -hmm. objective in RPGs. It's something I've picked up, um, which is a lame thing to say for a show where we are all DMs. I'm like, I ah, just do it. I don't know. Um, so, so many of the, the ideas and concepts I've had for dream stuff I want to do is through playing. Um, 
But in terms You can tell of, us some about this, some of those too, though. <laughs> I'm not I, I I this I'll say this before I actually think of actual DM stuff. Uh, I have a really stupid D and D character concept I wanted to play forever, and I've just never found the the, the right game to play her in. Uh, she is a goblin cleric, uh, but she's a chef and she heals people through her food. And <laughs> she has a, a pet gelatinous cube about like six by six, uh, who is just a dog, and that eats her trash. I love it. That's funny. And her name is Minnie, and she talks like she always has a cold. Like I've had this idea for this character forever. <laughs> and she's Never just like played. makes cookie makes cookies for you, and then you feel better. Yeah. Or like hot she's, soup. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like whip up like a little pot of gumbo or something, or like <laughs> just it's so dumb. But I've always I've always wanted to play her. She's so, this little idiot has lived in my head for years, rent free. Um, but in terms of GMing, I would love to. Oh, oh my God! No, that's it. So I, um, one of the games that I really, really want to run, uh, that I will be running for DMs After Dark. But if I had the time and energy to commit to it, I would love to run a full campaign of or a longer game of, and that's Heart the City Beneath or the City mm. Below. I can't remember which. We have the PDF of it uh, through the library, and oh my God, the 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 world and everything that mm-hmm. goes on in that game is fucking fascinating. It's this weird, surreal, horror, fantasy-ish mix. Um, like, the first thing that sold me is, um, I, I will say, uh, quick content warning, uh, insects. Um, the, one of the classes is literally just, your body is a beehive. Mm-hmm. And you control the bees that live inside you and send them out to do things. Wow. Like that's just, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's, there's so many more other fascinating things in that, but I, that is a game where like, I genuinely would love to run it. And because it's, it's a world that is always expanding and you, you take your, the way it kind of describes it. And I, I haven't, read it recently so I might be spotty a little but you take your players through and you go through essentially a hex crawl and that's kind of how you map it out and you're slowly creating your map of the heart um and then if you come back and play another campaign you can bring back your old map and have future players encounter rooms that previous ones uh encountered or saw and how they've changed over time because it the the game encourages you to remember that the heart is a living thing and there are constantly things going on inside of it so what you know say you play a game in january and then a different group of characters in in may well things have happened in the heart between those two times so you might find the same temple but maybe it's completely torn down or dedicated to a different god or, or something and it just encourages the world around you to continue building and moving oh, that's really and every cool. gm has their own unique heart yeah. and it's so fucking cool yeah see see that's like i think that the difference when for me when i really like started liking to dm that's what it took was something like that that really and i said this on my own interview so go back and listen to my interview with jess which is excellent uh but i, I nerded she asked me like what campaign do you want to run and i run i nerded out for like five minutes on room quest i right? guess was it oh, conan no it was room quest 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the Conan other is one. cool too, but I don't know that. Like, I want to run one shots of Conan, but I, I can't wrap my head around the concept of running a campaign in it because the problem with Conan is is the problem with a lot of other um, like IP games, intellectual property games, is that mm. you've got this like huge giant character who just sucks up all the oxygen in that world and how do you how do you how do you deal with that you know uh yeah. but um no it was rune quest uh but other games before that have certainly or or campaign worlds or whatever and D have captured my imagination and you know when you were talking about that i saw that like, the light went on in your eyes and i'm like oh that's this is exactly how i feel when i find a game that i really want to run it's like you know it captures your imagination or it takes hold of you or it speaks to you in some way where you're like for me it's always like, I love this. I want to know more about it. But I also want to expose my friends to all this stupidity and see what they do with it. You know, it's like that desire to yeah. share, share with with your friends. That that That's the difference between like a player and a GM. That's what, when you make the leap, that's what does it is you find something that you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I want to share it with my friends. Yeah, and I think the other thing, as, as you were talking, I thought of the other thing I would love to figure out. And I, there are it's, it's an IP game. Um but I, I have to find the actual rule set because I found a rule set and it was bullshit. So I have to look for another one. But Fallout. Mm. Modif- Modifius Fallout. has a Fallout game. I, I have to look at it because yeah. if it fits the way I want it to in my head, I would love to run mm. uh, specifically Fallout 4 timeline in Boston. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, the Institute. Fuck the Institute. <laughs> Fuck the Institute. You know I go full railroad playthrough. Well, railroad or minivan, but mostly railroad every time. Uh, but yeah, th- that's another thing I would love to. It's because I love that world. I'd love to run the Fallout world. It's, it's, I have <laughs> a tiny Nick Valentine that lives oh my on God. my desk. That's awesome. <laughs> so like, I love this. Very my cool. baby. But Very that's cool. the other thing. Yeah. So like, you know, it's great when those things that's that's always been you know the it's dming to me is it's it, you know you find something that you're really passionate about and then it's a it's a desire to like share it with your friends but also a um a willingness to let them like kind of like crap on your baby a little bit you know or run run over it you know because you have to because you have to you have to know like i'm going to create this thing i'm going to share it with people and you don't know what they're necessarily going to do with it or how they're going to appreciate it or anything, you know, when you're running it. Uh, Hi, so Rady. it's a leap of faith. We love playing Avatar. I feel bad about Avatar. I really do. Especially since I've been watching more of it now with my kid and I'm like, I just, I'm sorry, Rainy. <laughs> Fuck it. Listen, Amber lined you up for the shot. You just had to make the home run. How could I have left that one pass, you know? It's funny because that that same same thing came up in my interview. So yeah, this is what I'm known for. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, those are all the regular questions, and we're at, running at 40, 43 minutes. So one of the things I wanted to do, and we can just run through these really quickly. Uh, God, and you okay. you you answer the ones you want. You answer the ones you don't want. I don't care. Uh, okay. But one of the things I always liked from from a very old show called Inside the Actor Studio, who I can't even remember the guy's name, but he would interview all these actors, and he used this thing called the pivot questions. Jess actually asked me one of them, but uh, Bernard Pivot came up with this questionnaire, and the idea is that the answers to these questions are supposed to be the first thing to come to your mind, and they're actually, uh, from from his, his, his idea, is that they're a very good uh, way to get to know someone. Uh, oh, God, okay. So we're going to go through them. Uh, so what is your favorite word? 
I don't know if I have a current favorite word, but one of my favorite words through like high school and college was ominous. So I'm going to stick with ominous for now. Ominous? Obsequious is mine. Ooh, that's a fun one to say. That's just why I like to say Yeah, I just like to say it. Uh, I'll, mm. I'll say this. It's not a favorite word, uh, but a fun one to say is anti-disestablishmentarianism. That's a fun one to say. Try it. No. <laughs> oh, no, not you, the I'll, listeners. I'll, scr- just, I'll screw that one up. <laughs> listeners, just pause the podcast yeah. right now and then just anti-disestablishmentarianism and then hit play again it's fun (laughs) what is your least favorite word nah words are good fuck that shit okay uh so so this next one i will say that this is within the course of this it means creatively okay what turns you on creatively (laughs) uh and by that i presume it's like oh what gets you like Ready to create and write a yeah. What's what excites you that in that within that regard? Uh, music. Uh, yeah. listening to good music can really get me. Whether it's writing something for a game or just writing, I write for my personal writing. Um, honestly, I put music a lot um, on all the time doing homework because mm. it just got me able to focus and get through what I needed yep. to do. I so. uh, I agree with that. That that works a lot for me too in, in a slightly different way in that uh, like if I write, if I'm writing or something, uh, typically I, I do it silently. Uh, but I find that music acts as a tremendous inspiration to me, like music or poetry or because or, they'll put me in the mood. You know, yeah. one of my rituals uh, when I every, on the Fridays that we stream, uh, I'm the one who runs the technology and, and I set it up and I always have to sound test everything. And the sound test, I sound test by just like jamming out to like Swedish heavy metal uh, okay. <laughs> every Friday. And that's and that's what gets me in the uh, mood to like get sets me in the frame of mind to like play when we stream. Yeah. Um, and I just had to look this up because I wanted to give the good credit. But um, one of one of my big other nerd hobbies is I. <laughs> I am part of a Star Wars The Old Republic RP guild, and I will just fly that nerd flag. Um, but during one of the huge uh, big moments for, for my character, she was going through something, um, I blasted Canon Division's cover of Blood Upon the Risers for two hours straight on repeat as I was doing something. First off, go listen to it. It's fucking beautiful second that just got me into like that song got me in such the perfect headspace to do what i needed to do at that time and so it was just if you find the right song you just fucking yeah. fly yep absolutely i, I do uh typically it is I'll, I'll name the exact video it's night wishes performance at walk in open air from 2013 of everdream that's the one i play what to get to get in the mood because it's just got such a beautiful <laughs> piano opening and and floor jansen's just such a great fucking singer Brady, uh, you have to link both of those in the description now yeah so it's either that one or i'll do uh of some other ones too, but that's my main, like, just my main one. To get. And the funny thing is like now I'll hear it, if I hear it somewhere else, like it gets me in the same mood of like, I'm ready to fucking play a game, man. But uh, yeah, so it's cool. It's like Pavlov's dog. I've conditioned myself. Uh, <laughs> I, so <laughs> a, I've, I've accidentally, um, accidentally Pavlov myself with music recently. I know this is really quick, but so um, I went on a trip to Disneyland recently and uh, one of the rides that completely blew my fucking mind was Disneyland's version of Space Mountain. So, so I, now listen, I am a Disney World fan. I love it so much. Uh, but Disneyland's version of Space Mountain, objectively better. Objectively better. And a huge part of that is the music. The music is an absolute fucking banger. And I love it. 
And so I was about to drive to work the other day and I was exhausted. And I was like, ah, fuck, whatever. Let me, and I was like, oh, you know what? Let me, let me find this bass mountain music. That'll put me in a good mood. It started and I couldn't stop smiling. And I'm like, yep. I have pavloved myself to be stoked as fuck hearing this song. It is 8.30 a.m. and I'm driving to my job. I'm tired. Yep. But fuck if I'm not stoked because of Space Mountain right now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing how that stuff works. So, all right. So what turns you on, music? Uh, what sound do you love? Space Mountain, That's- apparently. Space Mountain. Um, I will also just give a shout out to um, Banging on a Marimba. Mm. I played the marimba in high school in band, and I fucking love that thing. Hmm, that's interesting. I think for me, again, uh, there are a lot of different sounds that I really like. Um, I think my favorite one would probably be waves uh, crashing on the ocean. Oh, that's that's good though. That's yeah, nice. it's a great natural sound. Uh, I will also give a secondary shout out to any Pokemon fan. The cry for the Pokemon Cricketune. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's fucking hilarious. What sound do you hate? Ah, uh, nails on a chalkboard. Nails on a chalkboard or Ooh. nails on metal. There you go. That's a pretty common one. Uh, I, for me, it's like city traffic. Really? Yeah, just the honking of cars. Yeah, but you're a, you're from New York. You're a city boy. Upstate New York. Oh, you're upstate. I'm from the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm from the middle of nowhere. I do. I hate the city with a passion. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, This is the best one. What is your favorite curse word? It's fuck. I've said it a million times in this interview. I've said it every single episode. (laughs) There, there is a. I will. I will. I will spoil this. There is a fuck palation of the work in the works uh, of just every all of the good times we've said fuck on stream and on podcast. (laughs) And it's so much of it is me. I'm sorry, Bob. You don't don't listen to this. Oh God, imagine. Yeah, I'm, I I don't, I don't think my my mom doesn't even know that I do this. <laughs> this is like, let's, my mom let knows it I lie. have a podcast. Yeah. My mom knows I have a podcast to play RPGs with my friends, but like that's it. Yeah, no, they know because I'll be like, I have a thing on Friday. I'm playing a game with my friends. Yeah, we kind of stream yep. it, but that's it. Yeah, that is it. It's not fun when my real life coincides with this life. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? The profession I had originally tried to do. I want to. Be, <laughs> my degree is in writing. I would like to be a full-time published author. Yeah. <laughs> that is I was an English most- major too. So that was that was the goal for me too. Yep. 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 Ended up in a library. I mean, not that that's Rip. bad. I also have right. a degree in librarianship. <laughs> Rip, Rip our dreams. Uh, no. <laughs> what profession would you not like to participate in? Uh, teaching. Yeah, it's brutal. I, so I know a lot of teachers. Growing yep. up, it'd be like, oh, you're you're an English major. You're creative writing. Wow, you want to teach? And I'm just like, fuck that. I am, which is hilarious that I work in a public library, but I hate people. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate people, but I'm bad with people. Uh, I'm not, I, my, my social skills are, I'm, I'm great at pretending I have social skills. Uh, so I can, I can, I can play great teacher in the library, but good God, I'm just like, I would hate to be in front of a classroom of any age. I, uh, fun fact, I was a sub for like um, all of two months. Uh, which I, I may, I'm amazed I even made it the full two months. Uh, and had I not just quit 
because I hated it so very much, I probably would have just been told not to come back because I just like I could not stand it. What and grade did you sub for? All of them. All of them. Uh, the worst were the little kids because they were just like so needy, you know. Uh, yeah. Now, now I would probably be, I have a better time with it because I have like kids of my own. I was going to say, time, you have yeah, like at the time of my own. No, but still in groups, they're awful. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can remember being like in high school and being like, you know, oh, can I do this? Or do whatever the fuck you want. Did you just say fuck? And I'm like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have said that. But yeah, I was, I was not a good sub. No, if you said fuck in front of high schoolers, you were the cool teacher. They liked me, but the classroom also broke down. So it was chaotic, which is, you know, par for the course with me. I was going to say, it's you. Of course it is. Yeah. But I don't know. What would I not want to do? Hmm. I would not want to be like an engineer or something like that. That, yeah, that's a lot of of work and responsibility. I just, yeah. And I don't have the mindset to do that. Yeah. You have to have like a lot of interest and focus to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like spreadsheets and like, I'm not a spreadsheet person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big picture person. I can handle a spreadsheet, Mm. but. I also only use spreadsheets to track library book budgets. So it doesn't really count. That's my kind of a spreadsheet. My exposure to engineers through my own professional life, uh, I'm a financial planner, uh, is that, you know, they'll every they have a spreadsheet for like everything. You know, so they'll come in and I'm like, here's my here's a spreadsheet of my expenses over the last month. And this is how much I've spent on food and it's broken down between vegetables and meats. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, I don't need to know that. <laughs> You're gonna drive away the like two engineers that listen to us. Come on, man. But they're usually wonderful people. That's fair. Jess is an engineer. Or has an engineering she? degree. Yes, she does. Yep. I she has a degree. She has a degree. She has a degree in it. Yeah. Like, yeah, but like I knew she was smart, but like shit, man. Yeah, uh, I don't have any other questions. Uh, that, that was it, and we've, we're coming up at fifty-four minutes, so I think we've 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 met you as much as we possibly can, yeah. as uh, much as we possibly want to. You can say that, right? We don't need to go any further into, into no. any more details. Uh, no. Is there anything else you want to say uh, that we didn't cover about you, Sarah? A lot. So, a lot of my comfort or at least my my getting better at comfort of of dming and just kind of throwing myself out there uh and and slowly trying to become uh less embarrassed about doing weird shit is uh i i larped uh if you want a wild experience where you really are just gonna throw yourself out there uh do it and it genuinely will help your dming and improv skills that's awesome. I See, there's something I, I didn't thing. know about. I, 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 you had mentioned it, but I didn't know a lot about it. So that's cool. Very cool. Oh, yeah. All that's right. Uh, I think we're done. So yeah. I don't know that we have much to apologize for. So I don't think I'm going to do our usual I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, other than, you know, cutting out the five minutes to be panicking because I don't know. No, leave it. Totally leave that in. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, you know, I wasn't this aggro tonight until now. <laughs> we're doing true, good. True. We are good. We're good. We're good. So uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, there'll be more yeah. of these. We're trying. We're trying to drop them every Monday, uh, both in video format and podcast format. Over the next six weeks, we'll have all six uh, six combinations of us. So I'm I'm basically done. I was interviewed by Jess. I interviewed Sarah. Uh, we also had Rainy uh, was interviewed by Troy. Yeah. You're gonna interview. You are gonna interview Troy. I am. Uh, then we got Amber and Jess. Rainy and Amber. Be- Amber and, I, and Jess is going to be fucking hilarious. I think that's, yeah, well, they're just going to like yell at each other for an hour. <laughs> uh, 
Lovingly. <laughs> yeah, lovingly yell at each other like <laughs> like an old married couple. They are an old married couple. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> we love you guys. Bye. Yeah. So that's it. So listen to us wherever you listen to shit. Watch us on our socials, and uh, we'll be back uh, tonight. As of this recording tonight, is going to be the fourth and finale of our excellent Good Society uh, session, which Sarah ran. So all the credit to you uh, in the world for running that, Sarah. My uh, job is done. I have read Good Society. I can rest. We pre-recorded it, and I, I think it went out, came out really, really good. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of share it with the world. Uh, it's, and it's a good one. I'm I don't sorry. think we have a lot to apologize for on that one either. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I think I even said it's like I'm not sorry for this one. What the no, fuck? We did, we did, we did really well. It was very wholesome. Even me, even you, even me. I'm capable <laughs> of it once in a while. And that's the lesson we learned here today, folks. Even sure. the most chaotic among us can sometimes be wholesome. We can hold it together for 57 minutes. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you real soon.